Hey, what's up, Next Level people? You are about to hear from a good friend and veteran, Natalie Oliverio. She is the founder and CEO of Military Talent Partners, and today is episode two of five for Veterans Week, where every single day this week we are bringing you information that is going to help veterans. And today, this episode is dedicated to the unsung and often forgotten heroes. They are the ones that do their damnedest to hold the fort down while their partner is away. They are the ones that have a different but just as important battle to fight. This episode is dedicated to military spouses. There are millions of them that have had to bury their loved ones. They are the ones that have had to get their kids up and ready for a school in a new town. They are the ones that have had to try to explain yet again that they are not a job hopper and that they are every bit as dedicated as the company's best employee. So when we celebrate and honor our veterans, let's not forget about their support system here at home. It's my hope that this episode is going to give employers and recruiters a different perspective and a greater sense of empathy for the men and women married to our veterans. If you want to be a part of this movement and support our veterans and their families, I would love it. Absolutely love it. If you shared this episode and wrote us a review on iTunes, the greater number of shares, the more reviews on iTunes, the more people that we, not me, you, as our listener, are able to impact. And now, let's get the show on the road. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level People. This is part of Veterans Week. Every day this week, we are releasing an episode geared towards helping veterans and their spouses get to whatever the next level is in their career or life. And Regardless of where your stance is politically or whether you agree with or hate war or whatever, these are people. And so that's why I want you to get involved, to share this, because they are valuable people. And regardless of where you're at, you got to honor them, you got to respect them, and you got to wish the best for them. So that's what we're doing. I am super pumped to have today's guest, Natalie Oliverio, on. She and I have been talking for probably about almost two years-ish, year and a half, two years, something like that, uh, back and forth. And she's just got, I think we met through Justin, JC Pearson. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think we're both on the same webinar with him, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah, we were on a webinar with J.C. Pearson uh, about a year and a half ago, and we just kind of kept in contact. Uh, but recently, as in just a few months ago, how long has it been since you started Military pa Talent Partners? We are in month five. Month five. So not that long ago, she struck out on her own creating a business called Military Talent Partners uh, just to do basically exactly what we're talking about in this episode, help veterans in the workforce, help employers know how to hire veterans and how to utilize them uh, because it is such an untapped resource in the marketplace uh, that, I mean, she's doing some amazing things. And she, like we said before we hit record, she's kind of been thrown in the deep end. I don't want to steal your thunder on that story, but Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thank you so much for having me, Greg. I have been waiting um, patiently to become a next level person. I mean, you're already um, there. Such a huge fan of you and all the great work that you do. So thanks so much for having me on. I am honored to be living my dream in my own company, Yeah, uh, doing all the work that I care so much about, and that is recruiting veterans, military spouses, transitioning service members mm -hmm. into meaningful careers at companies all over the U.S. Yeah. And we do that by starting with the magic of mentorship. Mm -hmm. So we mentor everyone for free, everyone who wants it. We mentor them. We do career coaching. And we talk about what they want to do, yeah. why they want to do it. Yeah. We help them tell that story in their, in their resume and in their interview prep and their LinkedIn profile, their elevator pitch. All of those pieces come together to culminate that brand uh, that the military doesn't really prepare you um, on how to talk about or how to craft. So mm -hmm. we help with that. Kind of was, that's kind of where we get started with everybody. Yeah. And so is the are you still doing the Veterati stuff or is this in addition to or instead of? What does that look like? Veterati is one of our amazing partner organizations. We nice. do so much through Veterati. We encourage people who want to get involved in mentorship to actually sign up and volunteer their time as a mentor on the platform because it's so easy and so accessible for anyone to do. We also partner with American Corporate Partners, ACP, and they offer a different approach to mentorship, which is a one-year commitment from a mentor and a Fortune 500 company. So companies can get involved so easily with ACP and donate a staff member or an employee, someone to mentor a veteran or veterans or now military spouses as they've just launched their military military spouse program mm, this that's month. awesome yeah absolutely very cool and so uh real quick let's dive into your military story and if i remember correctly it was the navy right yes yes three years on active yes. duty in the navy so the, our last our last guest i accidentally said army and he's from the navy and i was like oh no and i offended him and he just jumped right off the air no i'm just kidding but awesome. I'm glad I nailed it this time. So Navy, di dive into that experience, why you went in and what your transition story is. I wanted to do something different, something that basically everyone I knew thought I couldn't, which only made me want to do it more. And I wasn't ready for college. I wasn't ready for that post high school immediately be responsible phase yeah. um, until I joined the Navy. And then they forced me into it because um, as anyone will tell you, they, they, break you down and build you back up the way they see fit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that includes also creating you into um, a tougher, stronger, better person than you were when you joined. Um, and so that began my four-year journey on active duty. Uh, my first day out to sea, checked on board my ship, departed for an underway exercise. My first day was September 10th, 2001. So I woke up to September 11th and the, not only the military, but the entire world had changed forever. And so what I thought I had signed up to do and what I expected it to, well, I guess you can't really expect it to be anything, but right. what I thought it was going to be was just so different, drastically different so quickly. Yeah. Um, and so the next four years just were really tough. It was a tough time because the military was changing. The whole world was changing, trying to, um, 
acclimate to this post 9-11 universe. Mm -hmm. And so it was really the toughest, most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. But I'm so grateful for it because of who it's made me today. Yeah, that's awesome. And so talk to me about the, I guess, your journey when you left the Navy. Like what, what did you go through? What were some of the lessons that you learned and how did you get out of it? So when you're in the military, they really train you and prepare you to know what to do in every situation. You adapt and overcome. Mm -hmm. You adapt and overcome until you cannot adapt and overcome anything else. Right. It's just always the solution. Figure it out. Work it out. Adapt and overcome. When I transitioned off of active duty, I thought I was going to easily adapt and overcome and be able to accomplish whatever it was I wanted, only I had no idea what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how different it would feel now that I was molded into this new type of person. um, I wanted to go and do something and be great at it, but I I didn't know what that was or, or how to get there. So I had a really tough transition. Even though I'm extroverted, I'm outgoing, I'm a people person, I have no shortage of words, probably ever. (laughs) I just didn't know how to talk to the people around me. They did not talk to me either, and I really stuck out like a sore thumb. And I I would almost equate it to feeling like I had been held back in school a couple of grades. Mm. And so now everyone was on one level, and I was just a couple levels below them. That's how I felt, and I carried that around with me for years. Yeah. So... It's interesting that you you mentioned, so you you weren't exactly sure what you wanted to do after the military, right? Right. I wasn't. No, that's interesting because uh, that was one of the main points in one of the recent conversations I had uh, with someone else about their transition story, where it was, they came out and they didn't have necessarily a focus. And that was why they had, one of the reasons why they had such a hard time in their transition out of the military is because they didn't, they came out and they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to go for. Uh, and kind of similar thing where they, they knew, they knew how to talk. He, he said that he had the, the gift of gab, but just wasn't sure what to do. Uh, and it's just very interesting. I think there's a, I love doing these week long topics because you get to see uh kind of over the course of all the conversations the similarities and that's when you can address the issue is when you see that the commonality between all of them you can get to the root cause and hopefully give people the steps to get to whatever that next level is uh, and hopefully even catch it before it gets to that point too so that's that's exciting i'm excited about this um but today we're going to dive into kind of a different different approach or a different angle of uh, veterans, and that is uh, military spouses. Because a lot of times you hear about transitioning vets, or you hear about how there's joblessness, or they don't know what to do. And and first of all, I want to be very, very clear that veterans are not weak if it's hard to transition. That is not at all what we're trying to say. There's a story. Transition and change is hard no matter what you do. Think about career change like your uh, financial advisor your entire career and then you're like you know what this sucks i want to be a software developer that would be change and and really really difficult because it's just a whole new paradigm shift so it's not that the military or transitioning military are weak it's just that it's a big change and anybody going through change it's tough so don't get that twisted it's tough to 
go through that no matter what. So this is actually applicable no matter who you are, whether you're transitioning military, military spouse, whatever. Change is hard. So anyways, we're going to get into military spouses and how Natalie mentors and helps them and companies on how to utilize that portion of the untapped market because they're amazing. I mean, people that are waiting for their spouse to come home or they are moving to another area because their uh, spouse is getting transferred and they're having to figure out how to raise their children and also i mean there's all sorts of stuff that goes into it they are some of the most resilient people out there because of all the change that they have to go through consistently Uh, and so natalie i'm curious like what how do you help military spouses because that's that's just an area that i don't have any expertise in well greg we help military spouses in the way we help veterans and transitioning service members and also gold star family members as well because the conversation fits Mm -hmm. for whoever we're talking with and we always start with why what's your purpose you know what are you qualified to do what are you really interested in doing and how can we help you get there so we talk about telling that story of what's important um what's meaningful to them and then we build that out we build it in the resume we build it in the interview prep we build it in the elevator pitch we build it in the brand story Mm. and so helping them understand that that capability and the skill set that they have and how they can utilize it and leverage to their benefit gives them an infusion of confidence. And more often than not, people just need confidence in order Mm. to do whatever it is they want to do. Military spouses are no different. And so really, it's less work being done on transition with military spouses. It's more empowering them through the workforce. I, I recently shared on LinkedIn that I wanted military spouses to put military spouse in their LinkedIn headline. And a lot of people messaged me back. They're like, we don't feel comfortable doing that. Employers won't hire us. Mm. Employers don't want military spouses because we move around too much. Mm. But I'm a military spouse and I've been in the same position for same location for 12 years. Mm. So that stereotype as it exists with veterans also exists and almost more drastically exists for military spouses. Yeah. I've talked with hiring managers who said, well, we don't really have jobs for military spouses. We're not looking for any admins or executive assistants. And while those are very meaningful positions, that's not all military spouses. can. They can do anything just like veterans can do anything. Mm -hmm. So it's very frustrating when we talk to employers and they say they don't have jobs for vets or military spouses because every job is for a vet or a military spouse. They're not relegated to one demographic. Yeah, that's it's interesting that that is what some people think about impl- or, uh, veterans and, and the military spouses, that you can do an admin job and that's it, and we don't have anything for It's just so weird. Right, or that, physical security if you're a veteran, or corporate yeah. security, or um, any type of stereotypical militaristic job type or mm-hmm. spousal job type. Um, it, it's sad and it's just not true. Yeah. It's just interesting. I've, I mean, you're in this, you're in the weeds of this and it's something that I'd never even heard of. It never, I guess it, it never crossed my mind that that would be a way of thinking. Uh, and how do you combat that? Like what's, 
what is a way that okay so let's let's go back to the beginning first let's not get ahead of ourselves you talk about uh, with military spouses figuring out their purpose their why what they actually want to do so somebody that's listening to the show what what are the ways that you suggest starting with that introspective approach like what do what are the questions that you coach people to ask themselves what excites you mm. What are some of your goals? What do you want to accomplish? And what really defines meaning and impact to you? So based on those things that you immediately think of that you're naturally passionate about and most often good at, Mm -hmm. what are you then qualified to do? And if you're not 100% qualified for a job you might be interested in, what's it going to take to get you more qualified for that job that you're interested in? Whether it's working knowledge of or a certification that you can go and get online, watching LinkedIn Learning or Mm -hmm. YouTube tutorials, whatever it takes. Maybe it's one class that you would need to take in order to be qualified. It just depends. But first understanding of what you absolutely want, what you're passionate about, what means something to you, and then are you qualified to do it? And if not, how can you be? After that, we help them map a way to get there. Mm. That's good. So it's it's figuring out where you want to go and then kind of reverse engineering it from there. Exactly. That's awesome. And so with there being those stereotypes of you can only be an admin or security or whatever uh how do you coach people to get past that thinking like how how can somebody with i feel like if it's on the resume and so the only thing that the hiring manager has is the resume that you don't have a chance to combat that stereotype because you're not in front of them you're not able to address it how do you how do you coach them to do that? It's all in the way that you tell your story. Mm. And in the military especially, in any one job that you do, you're doing at least five or six other collateral duties along with it. Mm-hmm. So it's the way that you tell the story of what you've done and how you accomplished it. If, you know, if you're an in- infantry officer, uh, how much was it? How how much were the assets that you protected valued at? How many people did you directly manage? What were the outcomes of the missions, and how did you build that strategy in order to overcome those challenges? There are different things and different perspectives to take on black and white experience that's laying on the page that you could really cultivate into a brand story that tells more about who you are and what you've done and why you've done it. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're translating from military to civilian talk. Uh, And really, it's the same type of, I guess, advice or whatever you want to call it for even just a regular person that's not in the military creating their resume. It's not just I did this thing, but it's quantifying it and giving a, a dollar amount to it or a number of people or, you know, scope of the project or what specifically were you able to do. It's getting specific on the bullet points, not just stating like small snippets that don't really say anything other than like I handled logistics. Or I'm a results-driven professional. Right, exactly. It's, it's getting past the fluff and diving into – because people – people want to know what did you actually do what did you actually accomplish like i like you said i watched 100 million dollars of assets and made sure that everything was going in and out perfectly and got to the right location on time under budget whatever but it's putting those actual dollar amounts in will help people to picture oh 
they did that, then they could for sure do this. Of course they could do that because it's the exact same thing, just a different like organization, aka military. Um, yeah, no, that translation piece is is very difficult for a lot of people uh, in translating it, regardless of who you are, to actual quantifiable results. Um, so that was. What about military spouses that they don't have the military experience? They're just married to someone in the Navy or the Army, and they haven't really done the uh, logistical thing in the military, or whatever you want to call it, whatever military job there is. Somebody that's like, you know what, I've been raising kids for a while, uh, and they're all in school, and I just want to, I just want to get out of the house. I want to do something. I want to go after this career and I want to do something that is for me, not just uh, going around with the kids and uh, making sure that I'm there for my spouse. What what do you do from, from that point, somebody that's transitioning from that life into corporate America? If they're transitioning from that lifestyle into corporate America, it's more about building from scratch. What do you want to do in the world? What do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What excites you? But more often than not, that's not the demographic of a military spouse. Military spouses more often struggle and have challenges and finding new opportunities because they move around so much or PCS from time to time Mm -hmm. with the military. So they have to then resign from their position and move with their spouse to, and their family to a new location. So now they're starting from scratch in a brand new job market with a military family, um, a spouse that deploys from time to time, most likely. And so they need maybe a flexible schedule Mm. or they need something, uh, where the culture is a little more understanding of their, of their home life. So it's more about starting over from scratch in a new area, Mm. uh, to attract a new opportunity rather than just deciding to reintegrate to the workforce, which is definitely still a, a, a position that a lot of spouses have, but, more often than not, it's just starting over. Hey, I want to be a professional too. I'm new. To, I'm new to this town, and from my resume, it looks like I've left jobs every you know 12 to 24 months. Mm-hmm. And to most employers, that's a red flag. But if you're a military spouse, that's not your fault. You're yeah. supporting family and your country by holding down your household and mm-hmm. also contributing to society as a professional. So. There's a lot of different twists on it, but regardless of who it is, a spouse, transitioning service member, or veteran that's been out for a while, or a gold star family member wanting to reintegrate back into the workforce as well, it's all about learning how to tell that story of Mm. what you want to do. We're huge fans of Simon Sinek, and we really believe in the whole point of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So that's what we try to create and inspire in everyone that we work with, because we believe that resonates with employers more than anything else on that page in your resume in an interview so let's let's dive into some of the stuff that you said so if you're in front of someone uh, you can explain why you've left a position every 12 to 24 months how do you do that on a resume before you're able to get in front of someone not writing i'm a results driven professional (laughs) or accomplished leader or whatever other buzzword adjective um, description of yourself Right. So leave that part out. Yeah. Uh, we recommend talking about, just like in your LinkedIn profile summary, make a little summary at the top of your resume mm-hmm. that talks about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. 
or what you want to do at this specific company and why they should hire you or why mm-hmm. they should pay you to do XYZ. Mm-hmm. So putting that into your resume and making all of your work experience speak to the mission that you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. use a sentence or two to summarize what you did in each position, then list three bullet points that are talking about your biggest accomplishments in the role and what you really want to be known for or remembered for in that position, starting with power verbs, ending with impact, um, all throughout the page or mm-hmm. pages, and let your, let your experience speak for itself. Give an example of a power verb to start with. Orchestrated, okay. managed, organized, cultivated, really fancy words. Yeah. Uh, maybe anything, that just something that shows action or power mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the sentence instead of, I was responsible for X, Y, Z through day-to-day duties and respons- nobody cares about that. Yeah. Talk about like manage this team to save the world and all the puppies and the kittens in the park were were magical, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you're saying, mm-hmm. start it with a power verb and end it with impact so that the person reads it mm-hmm. and they're going to remember it. They're going to feel impacted and they're going to want to learn more about you, which is the whole point yeah. of having a resume read. So talk to me a little bit about, so we did the power verb and then the impact. Dive into, I guess, define exactly what that is because I don't want anybody to be confused on how do I even do sure. that. Sure. So um, whether you're quantifying your experience through metrics or telling a story in a sentence, you have to make sure that sentence is concise and purposeful. That creates the impact. So again, steering away from daily duties and responsibilities, more mundane tasks to kind of quantify your job description, Mm -hmm. more so talk about your accomplishments, wow them in three bullet points, make them want to hear more, make them want to call you for an interview. Yeah, so they, so you do that, but then there's still the, you have on your resume, the, I was at this place for 12 months, this other place for 24 months. Um, how do you get past, if somebody looks at just the dates uh, after your, your summary, what needs to be in the summary at the very, very top that makes them go, oh, you know what, I would actually give this person a chance, even though they've got 12 months, 12 months, 24 months, 12 months on their resume. You know, it's torn and I, 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 it's torn advice because I know there are so many military spouses that are not comfortable listing that they're a military spouse on either their profile on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or their resume. I personally do believe that it's smart to put that on there because it kind of tempers that conversation with an employer to let them know you're not a job hopper. You don't have a problem holding down employment. It's more about the moving, mm-hmm. the PCSing and the change in your environment. And in my personal opinion, if an employer was going to hold that against a military spouse or feel that they're unreliable or not a good long-term investment because they may have to move, then they're not the employer for you anyway. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to be happy in that environment. And the culture is probably not going to support the things that are important to you. So I would say if you still don't feel comfortable putting that in black and white, I would question the motives of the employers that you want to work for. That's a really solid point. And real quick for the listeners that might not be a uh, veteran or military spouse, what is PCSing? That's when you move from um, base to base or duty tour of duty to tour of duty. So once your orders are up, you get new ones, you move to another place and the military makes sure you get there. So that's, that's known as PCSing. 
what does it stand for? Do you know? Personnels. I have no idea. I cannot tell you. It's been too what long. What is PCSing? I'll get. You. Let me see. Is it off? permanent Care. change of station? That's what I was going to say next. I know. I just helped you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's so what I'm here I for. Yes, so much, and thank goodness the government has so many acronyms. We don't have to remember what they mean. Yeah, because we just talk in letters. Yeah, not exactly, words. exactly. Um, so, and I would agree with with what you're saying. Just so that everybody hears that the I feel like very similar with. Uh, there was a question recently on LinkedIn. I don't remember who posted it, but they were basically asking what do you do or what would you like to see on a resume of somebody that took time off to take care of a family member or maybe they had kids and now they're wanting to get back or whatever. Uh, I would personally rather see some sort of explanation than just a random five-year gap for that for that specific situation. And otherwise, like I'm not joking. This is I'm not being sarcastic or anything like that. People might look at that and be like, wait, did they go to prison? Or like, I've literally heard that, like, cause it's, I have actually had that happen where somebody's like, oh yeah, no, I was in prison for seven years. So I was like, okay, well that's, you're not going to be able to do this job because this is a government yeah. job, but, but no, seriously, there, there is that thought. And so if you don't give them the information, they're going to jump to conclusions that you can't control. And so the reason behind explaining it is more so that you can control as much of the conversation up front so that you don't talk yourself out of a job without even talking, if that makes sense. Um, so with the what, what would you suggest is a good summary? Because one of the things that a summary should be super short and concise, maybe like three to five-ish sentences. Uh, and so you you want to touch on what you actually do instead of taking the entire time to explain why you've moved. And so I'm curious if you have an idea of the balance or how to do that within that short amount of space. Cause it's like you have very small amount of time to capture and keep their attention so that they keep scrolling down your resume. How do you have an idea or suggestions on that balance? Sure. If you're a veteran or military spouse, (laughs) yeah, totally. I would start by saying I'm a military spouse new to this area. I'm currently looking for um, XYZ position to leverage my seven years as a business analyst. I am passionate about business analysis because I feel with my analytical skills and my education, I'm able to... um, improve projects and provide detailed reports to the team. They're strengthening the company, blah, 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 whatever. But starting by who you are, Mm -hmm. I'm a transitioning military spouse or I'm a transitioning veteran Mm -hmm. um, or I'm new to the area and I'm looking to leverage, talk about who you are, what you do and why you do it. So starting with that first sentence of who I am, I'm a transitioning veteran. I am a newly relocated military spouse. Then going to... Um, I want to, or I do this and then talking about, um, why you do it. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking, so there's a heated debate amongst all sorts of people about the idea of a cover letter. Uh, and 
I am of the same mindset that it's kind of like insurance. I would rather have it and not ever need it than need it and not have it. And that might actually be, this might be a really good situation for someone like a military spouse to use that and write out a more detailed explanation. That way, I mean, if they do take the time to read it, awesome. You've had more exposure to your why in front of that person. uh, And that could be a really good thing. You got to understand also that there's a good chance that maybe 75% of the people will never actually read the thing. So still do something in the summary. But I think if there's any case that's strongest, this would be a really good one. People that are transitioning into new careers, military spouses that are PCSing, uh, they're, I mean, coming back into the marketplace after raising kids for the past five, seven years or whatever. Um, There's all sorts of reasons for people that are changing something in their career to have that cover letter. And in line with the cover letter, make it personalized to whatever company it is that you're, you're applying to. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Natalie? I'm just curious where you stand on cover letters and feel free to say, Greg, you're full of shit. Cause I'm okay with that. I don't think you're full of shit. I think hey, you're, don't cuss. you're right no, I'm just that, um, <laughs> that uh, 75% of the time, if not more, they're not going to get read. Yeah. Typically if, uh, if they're going to get read, it will say, please submit your cover letter and resume. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it doesn't hurt to have it prepared and well prepared at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so expanding on your why, I think that employers really like a mutual fit. So people get really wrapped up in explaining or selling themselves to companies as to why they're the right fit but also talking to the company about why the company is a right fit for you and the value they bring to your life. I think that creates uh, a story of why it's a good mutual investment Mm -hmm. uh, between the employee and the company or the candidate in the company. And more often than not, we'll make employers feel more safe about selecting them uh, because everybody thinks they're going to have that job forever. And every employee, every employer thinks that, Everybody wants to work there forever. Right. So by at least creating that perception in the, in the forefront in an interview, it's going to go really, really far. And a cover letter gets you that opportunity and that real estate to take advantage of more so than trying to squeeze a million things under your resume. Because whether mm-hmm. it's a cover letter or a resume or a LinkedIn profile, if it's not easy to read, they're not going to read it. Yeah. And to that point, it would be really, really good to use someone like Rena or Rena, Rena's not on the show today, Natalie, uh, or like a friend, family, use multiple people to absolutely tear your cover letter apart and say, this is why it sucks. This is why I wouldn't hire you. And make sure it's people that are going to be honest with you, uh, that'll give actual feedback, that actually have a good understanding of what's important in writing, uh, because you want this is an important thing. And so you can get almost like like a templated type of cover letter where you input, this is why I'm excited about this specific role in this section. Um, so that way you can kind of keep track uh, and it makes it a little bit easier. There's ways of making it easier, but make sure that somebody looks at it beforehand uh, because if you just ramble on and it's hard to read, it, there's it's might actually end up hurting you 
than having it in the first place. So with that being said, let the cover letter argument go on and on, and we'll go from there. But um, one of the things that, as, as I was just kind of talking and listening to some of the things that Natalie was saying, I think one of the things that is really important is, especially for people that are transitioning or people that, like the military spouses, LinkedIn is going to be your best friend in this case. If you're able to connect to people like Natalie and able to connect to JC Pearson and able to connect to Sam Messenheimer and all these other people that are willing to help and that want to help and just really beginning to network with people. I'm not saying it's going to be a magic pill that all of a sudden you're going to be employed overnight no matter where you go. It's still going to take work, but if you're able to build up that network of people that are willing to help and want to help and know you, that's going to be such a, so much of a stronger standpoint than trying to restart every single time you go to a new town because LinkedIn is everywhere. Your resume might it's not the be. World's, yeah, it's the world's largest networking event right yeah. at your fingertips. Yeah. And now LinkedIn actually gives free job seeker premium accounts to transitioning mm-hmm. military yeah. veterans full year. And they give it to spouses every time they PCS. Yeah, that's awesome. I forgot. I, I forgot. What was that? I already forgot what it stood for. Um, but every time they PCS, yeah. they get another account. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I totally forgot about that. And I'm really glad you brought that up because that is such an amazing resource to be able to use. Yeah. So definitely take advantage of that. And there's all sorts of – like anybody that's listening, whether transitioning, military spouse, whatever, current military member that knows that you – possibly will transition in the next year, two years, whatever you're planning on it, reach out to Veterati, reach out to Natalie and just, I mean, start that conversation now because having somebody like Natalie in your court is a freaking game changer because there's all sorts of things that, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And so having somebody like her in your court is so important because she can point things out that you don't even think to look at and so natalie if there is anybody if they just stumbled upon this and they didn't hear anything before this moment right now what are kind of the like two or three bullet points that you want a military spouse to hear that's going to help them get to whatever their next level is think about what you want to do think about why you want to do it and go to militarytalentpartners.com because we'll help you in any way we can. Boom. I love it. Natalie, I am super excited about everything that you're doing. She is like, if you don't know Natalie, seriously, go connect with her. Go to militarytalentpartners.com and just look at the stuff that she's doing. She is all over the place. Like she, for It doesn't look like she's only been in business for herself for five months she's been doing actually this whole what she's doing now she's been doing her entire career pretty much but now she's just doing it on her own which is such a smart move because i I remember our conversations beforehand and i'm so excited for you she's just such a great person so reach out to her and i just share this episode with anybody that you know that could use it and natalie thanks so much 
Thank you so much for having me and taking me to the next level, Greg. I appreciate it. There you have it, Next Level people. Once again, thank you so much for listening and being a part of Veterans Week. Again, I would love it if you help us spread the word even farther. We cannot spread the word without you helping us. So please go ahead and share this episode with anybody that you know that could use it. And also, please go to iTunes and give us a review. The more reviews, the higher in the rankings we get. And just so you know, it's not for vanity's sake. It's not for money's sake. It's so that we can have a greater impact. And I want you to be a part of that greater impact. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon.